Sometimes a quick joke can actually hide a very heavy heart. And that's true. They went on to share this truth. They said, sadly, there have been several notable comedian suicides that have shocked the world. Many of these comedians who killed themselves did so after suffering from depression for years. The unexpected deaths of these notable, notable stand-up comics have led to increased awareness of the seriousness of, um, I would use the term, a heavy heart. Many people would talk about it being a, a medical issues, but it's in many cases a spiritual issue, issue. And so they went on. They said, who are some of the famous comedians who have committed suicide? Again, people you would never think. Robin Williams in 2014, um, who, by the way, uh, ha hanged himself at age 63. He had suffered from depression through much of his adult life, according to uh, those who talked about it. Uh, back in 1977, at age 22, Freddie Prinze committed suicide, shot himself in the head, had a history of depression. He was going through a divorce at the time of his death. 1968, 44-year-old Tony Hancock committed suicide by overdose. And here's what he wrote in his letter. Nobody will ever know I existed. Nothing to leave behind me. Nothing to pass on. Nobody to mourn me. That is the bitterest blow of all. Uh, other famous comics have committed suicide as well. Um, and, and it's what you would never expect. You would never think. A comedian. They make people laugh. They make people happy. The truth of the matter is many people are not. Back in Proverbs chapter 12, we took time to consider the subject of the heart. Over 90 times the word is found filling up the book of Proverbs with a lot of information about the heart. We looked at different kinds of hearts. We actually had three different messages, so this would be, I guess, part four, because we're coming back to the heart. Uh, back to the heart of the matter, I guess we'll call it, all right? But um, uh, at the time, I told you that a portion of the verses, at least a few of the verses, not a great majority, but a few of them dealt with heavy, either a heavy heart or a merry heart. Um, and at the time, I thought we might deal with the subject, but after three messages spanning 8,000 weeks on Wednesday nights, I decided we might move on. But as I was reading through Proverbs chapter 13, I came to verse 12, which is one of those verses that talks about the heart, and it says, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. And so um, I actually took out some of the notes that we had uh, looked at and some of the notes I had made because I went through all 90 verses or 90 places where the word heart is found and, uh, and pulled out some of those things and thought, you know, it's really appropriate for us, I think, to look now at the heart again. So if you want to call it part four, you can. If you don't want to call it part four, it doesn't bother me either because I'm going to preach on it whether you like it or not. But we're going to look at the heart once again. And I think you'll find it, at least I have, to be uh, a helpful reminder because Proverbs 13, 12 deals with a sick heart. And in pondering that verse, I was taken back to our original study and, and found, again, a number of truths uh, worth pondering. Some things I noted then and some things as well as I was going back over it that uh, stood out to me. So we're going to begin with the negative tonight. I, I know, 
negative Nelly, right? That's what the preacher's always got to be negative. But uh, before we can get to the positive Mary heart, and we are going to look at that, uh, we're going to start with the burden of a heavy heart. And there are some truths I'd like you to just contemplate and think about that, that Solomon reveals um, that are kind of interesting. He says in this verse that we just read, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. And I put it this way as, as just the first point in our outline under uh, Roman numeral one, unfulfilled hope afflicts the heart. We're told in this verse one of the reasons why people go about with sick hearts in this world, why, why people are burdened down and why people uh, live life, if you would, a life of depression, as many of these comedians did, and as their suicides attest to, the fact that they just weren't able to handle life. And one of the reasons, or at least many of the times, uh, the source of a sick heart or a depressed heart or someone who's discouraged in heart is, if you'll note, when hope is deferred. And that's when hopes are, in a sense, dash it, dashed. When expectations we have or things we're counting on are delayed or they don't come to pass in the time frame, we believe they, they ought. Someone wrote this. Things that are often out of our control take control of the heart. And when they do, we're in trouble. The word hope comes from a word meaning to wait or be patient. What he's talking about is he says hope deferred is, is someone who is waiting for something. He's looking for something. He's been patiently thinking, okay, look, it's going to come in this amount of time. Uh, it could be a lot of things that lead someone to this sick heart that's talked about in this verse. Uh, it could be a medical condition where um, maybe he started to take some medication and the doctor said, you know, this has worked in most cases. This will solve your problem. This will deal with your problem. And then he takes the drug for a while and, and he doesn't see uh, changes. He doesn't see progress. Maybe he goes back to the doctor and the doctor says, well, you still have it. I, I guess it just didn't work for you. And so his hope is dashed, if you would. Here's a guy who has been waiting, who's been patient, who's been thinking, but the hope is deferred. He doesn't see an answer to that which he is hoping for. He's put his hope in. And so when someone is waiting patiently for a result to come, or when they're, they're waiting for a dream to be fulfilled, someone might uh, be, be looking for and hoping that someday they'll own their own business. And, and now they're, they're, you know, in their middle ages and, and they're looking at the, the prospect of being the, an owner of their own business and it maybe is like, you know, just passing them by. And they start to realize what I've dreamed about all my life isn't coming to pass. Hope deferred, make it the heart sick. A turn of events, a change in circumstances, uh, can cause people often to become hopeless the longer it takes for the answer to come. And, you know, Solomon knew this. The heart becomes weak or sickly when one has been longing for a specific answer for a time and it just doesn't, some, it doesn't come. I, hey, look, it, it may be as simple as you've been waiting for a, an important package to come with important materials that didn't show. You, you try a medication, it doesn't work. Um, you've been out of work for months, a great opportunity comes up, it's at a business that you want to be part of, and you pass through all the interviews, and they tell you, we'll let you know by Wednesday. And Wednesday, you, 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 sit, you sit by, you don't sit by the phone anymore, do you? You used to sit by the phone, you know. 
but uh, you wouldn't go anywhere. But now, now you go everywhere, but you, you keep checking your phone to make sure you haven't missed a call or anything to that effect because, because you're waiting for it to come. And then you find on Thursday when you call them, well, they gave the job to someone less qualified. And you're bummed out, right? And that, the way we describe it sometimes, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. It's a reality. It's a truth. And, um, and it's something that we, we, um, we have no control over. Look, hopes don't always come to pass. Look, if you would, and go back to chapter 12, and we, we learn this, this truth, another truth of, of brought out about this. In chapter 12 and verse 25, what does God say there? Someone have it? Okay, so someone's waiting and, and patiently expecting something to happen. They have some, some dreams. They have some aspirations. They have some thoughts about what's going to take place. And that hope is deferred. It just keeps taking longer for it to come to pass. And after a while, hope dies. And we get to a place where we're in despair. Here in this verse, he tells us something different. What is it in the heart of man that makes it stoop? Heaviness. Well, what is heaviness? Uh, yeah, you say, well, you were, you were going to put that down. Don't put it down because I'm going to give you the words that actually are, are part of the definition of this word heaviness. Anxieties. Fears. Sorrows. Depress the heart. Cause the heart to stoop. Press it down. Depress. All right, so anxieties, fears, and sorrows. Now, uh, in chapter 13, it's hopes that, that are dashed we don't see come to pass. Here, it's, it's uh, worries, anxieties that control the life, or fears that we have, or sorrows, and they depress the heart. Um, what's more depressing than being controlled by your worries or fears or by sorrows? circumstances of life. I think actually chapter 12, verse 25 is more about the circumstances of life, whereas chapter 13 is about things that I'm hoping for that are in the future and I'm patiently waiting for that never come to pass. This is more, these are the circumstances that I've been dealt in life. Here's what's happening. I've got, I've got these concerns. I've got these worries. I'm not feeling well. And, uh, you know, what, what it could be, I'm, I, bunch of families had cancer, could be that, and you start to worry about those things. Uh, fears that you might have, sorrows that take place. Um, an article asks this question, are you a worrier? Don't answer that out loud, but it asks, are you a worrier? If you're, if you're like a lot of people, worry just might be one of those things that makes life miserable. It's not uncommon for people to lose sleep, drop weight, develop nervous tics, suffer ulcers, or other disorders, or get pretty sick in other ways, all from worry. Worry might be one of the elements that feeds a grand variety of mental and emotional disorders. And although we don't usually diagnose things this way, worry may be the cause of countless spiritual maladies as well. And in that little article, they had a poem to close out. It says, all the water in the world, however hard it tries, could never, never sink a ship unless it gets inside. But they, um, all the hardships of this world might wear you pretty thin, but they won't hurt you one least bit unless you let them in. 
Worries are just one thing that can weigh down the heart and make life miserable. Sorrow? You, you know someone that maybe has lost their, their mate of 50 years? They're lost. And, um, and maybe even they quit on life. It could be that they just sit around home and don't take care of the house any longer. And just kind of in a dismal state. Someone they love dearly, a family member or whatever. And they mope about the loss and the pain that they feel. Solomon really understood human nature, didn't he? Because he said heaviness in the heart of man. These different things, these worries, these fears, these sorrows, make the heart stoop. There's another uh, thing about this matter of the, the burdened or the heavy heart that is, is kind of interesting. Look in chapter 14 and verse 10, would you? This, my friends, is a difficult verse to interpret, a lot of different ideas have been put out about what exactly is the meaning, but a number of men seem to have at least agreement in, in, uh, in the focus of it. So someone read the verse, and then we'll try to explain it real quickly. 14.10, did I tell you? What was Solomon saying in this proverb? I will tell you that if, if you're confused, there are a number of people that have been confused about it. Um, it is kind of an interesting statement, and, and you really have to think about it. But may, let me explain it this way. Have you ever been told, you just don't understand how I hurt? You don't understand how I feel. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what's going on in my life. Uh, in explaining ver chapter 14 and verse 10, most writers deal with this text by saying there's something in every joy and something in every sorrow of life that others cannot share. That seems to be the point here. So the heart knows its own bitterness. There, there are things in, in, in the bitterness of one's soul that no one can understand and no one can comprehend. And the reason why is because they can't enter in. They're not, they're not you. Look, we're all different. Okay? I'm not just talking weird. We're all different. We all respond differently to things. And quite frankly, even people who have experienced the same difficulties in life may not understand exactly the grief someone is going through just because they've experienced it in life. My wife lost her mom who took her life and you would think well she should be able to help someone who has a family member who, who committed suicide and took their life um, and there she would be far more apt to do that and maybe far more able and capable than I would in dealing with someone that has lost a family member or a close family member like that but even even though she has gone through that um, there's something in every pain and sorrow that someone has to bear themselves. And there's something in every joy that people can't fully comprehend. And both sides. And it's really an interesting proverb. It's one that when you think it through, it, it makes a lot of sense. And it's true. When someone says, you don't understand how I feel. Um, well, to be honest, you, you can't. Because there is an element in, in every 
every joy someone has, every joyful moment someone has, and in every sorrowful moment someone has, that you and I cannot understand and we cannot comprehend. We may be able to comprehend quite a bit of it having gone through an experience. But we, we can't say, well, I know exactly how you feel. Um, one of the things about this verse, there's just so much that, that could be said about it. But, um, you know, it's disconcerting to think that there's some, some part of sorrow and some part of joy that I, I can only experience myself. But there's something as well that's encouraging about that. Because although there may be something in every sorrow that someone else cannot enter into and cannot help me with, there's someone who can. And by the way, that is why having a relationship with, with God is so important. Because there is something in every sorrow that you can't handle on your own and that no one can help you with. You have to endure it, but not by yourself. And that's what's in the encouraging thing to me about God because he tells us me to come boldly to the throne of grace that I might find grace and, and help to help in time of need. And so, um, but, but the truth is, though God does understand and God knows, the only really lasting hope for anguish of heart is in our relationship then with him because he made our emotions and he does understand exactly how we feel because he knows us probably even better than we know ourselves but there's there's a number of thoughts i was going to share with you loneliness is a real thing now in joy that's that's not a big deal although sometimes people get upset when someone isn't as joyful as they are when they have some good news, right? Oh, I got this job. I've been working it. You know, I've been trying to get this job. Why aren't you as excited as I am? Well, there's something. There's some part of joy that I can't experience with you. Relation. It's, there's just part of it that I can't. Um, don't use that as an excuse to just sit like that. But there's something in every pain as well. And loneliness is a real thing. I've wanted at times to tell people that are distressed, you know, just get over it. I, I'm sorry, but I just do. Just get over it. Come on. It's time to move on. And there is a time to move on. And there is a sense in which people have to do that. But in this passage, loneliness is a real thing. And it's possible you might feel very alone in the midst of trying circumstances. And you say, well, you're not right with God when you do that. Okay, all right, um, I'm not so sure if this proverb is true. That someone might always be not right with God if they experience loneliness. Because there is something in, in sorrow that a person has to work through. They have to get through. Now again, God can help with that. And God will help with that. And he'll be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There's something in a sorrow that, that you know, there's, there's no person that's going to be able to help you with. You've got to get over it and get through it with God. And that's why I stress we need God. And if we're not in a right relationship with him, it's no wonder that many people are depressed. Because they don't have the one 
who does understand, who can help, because man, mankind can't help in some, to, at least to some extent, in every sorrow. Loneliness is a real thing. Um, and it's not something that we should just lack. We ought never expect people to or demand from people that they fully get it if they're going to be a help. That's something else that, by the way, uh, is that, you know, well, you can't help me because you don't understand what I'm going through. Well, I, you know what? There's a lot of experiences I haven't had in life. What about you? But that doesn't mean that men can't help because God uses people and God uses words, and we're going to find that a little bit later on, that words can bring make a heart merry. They can. A word spoken in due season. How good is it? Um, so we ought never expect people or demand people that they fully get it or that they understand. Uh, it's interesting. I, I, there's another passage that came to my mind, and I, I, I could ramble on about this, and I guess I am a little bit. In Galatians chapter 4, God talks about how Christians are supposed to bear one another's burdens. You know the passage? Man's overtaken a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such one. And then he talks about bearing one another's burdens. You know how that, that section in Galatians 6 ends? For every man shall bear his own burden. Now, wait a second. God says, bear you one another's burdens, for every man shall bear his own burden. There's a sense in which you, you can't just, just like in, in helping someone overcome temptation, you can't do it all for them. There's an aspect in which they have got to lift some weight themselves. By the way, there's a lot of people who want you to do everything for them. Make the decision for me. Do this for me. Take care of this for me. And it's like you're not helping someone you, when you do that because the truth is every man has to bear their own burden. And there is something that they've got to learn to face with God's help that that you can't help them with. And so we ought never expect people or demand from people that they fully get it and that they fully understand. People will only know, secondly, what you share with them. I know it's not, it's not in your notes, but it's only what you share with them. Because look, if someone can't fully understand or comprehend my joy or my sorrow all the time, then I'm going to have to do a good job at sharing with people what my sorrows are if they're going to be of help to me. Makes sense, doesn't it? But you know what people do? Well, you should know, and you should know how bad I feel, so help me. You know, well, you, you weren't, I, wife's mad at her husband, because he, did, he didn't get it. Why I'm mad. You should know why I feel the way that I do. Um, true, men can be very in their own world about those things, by the way. Uh, sometimes the other way around, but not often. Most of the time, it's men that are that way. Don't even nod, dear. I don't want to see it. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> all right. But but the, the, <laughs> the truth of the matter is if, if someone is going to at least enter in and try to be a help in the way in which they can be a help, then you have to be honest enough to share it with them because unless you do, um, they can't give help. And such is the suggestion of this passage. I may not be able to understand. I may not fully be able to, to lift the weight you're carrying. I can be a, part, a help to it, but you've got to be willing to share it with me. Sometimes Christians get upset uh, because they don't help them and they don't notice, they don't recognize, or, or you know, they just expect them to understand how they feel. 
and and God suggests here that you know we got to be honest enough with people because he um, because you know it's it's just not something the heart knoweth his own bitterness a stranger doth not intermeddle with his joy um, and then the the third thought or fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh I can't remember what it is but I, re- I repeat the earlier thought what what people can't fully understand in my hurts God can and God does and I desperately need him in sorrow and and one other truth and I'm just going to I want to get through this so we can look at the blessing of a happy heart next time all right chapter 14 and verse 13 says um, sorry, that's not the right. It's, I'm going to find it real quickly. Oh, verse, it is, 14, 13. Even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful, and the end of that mirth is heaviness. Another interesting proverb. But here's the truth, that hurting people can sometimes mask their true feelings. You ever heard someone, we use this statement sometimes, they put on a good face. And what we mean by that is, you know they're hurting, but they were still smiling. Maybe they were still joking. Um, someone's just lost someone very dear to them, and, uh, and yet they're, they're joking not about the situation, not about the loss, because they're still hurting. Uh, a lot of times it's possible for people, according to verse 13, even in laughter, to have a heart that's sorrowful. And by the way, don't all those comedians prove that to be true? Every one of them that took their life proved that. Y- you, can, you can laugh and have people laugh and still have a very heavy heart. Solomon understood depression and other afflictions of heart. Solomon says it's possible for you to feign a laugh and joke and kid while at the same time be hurting so bad that you want to end it all. Um, Many people get good at masking how they truly feel. Say, why do people do that? Well, could be a lot of reasons. Could be that they told someone once how they really felt, and people made fun of them. Could be they told someone how they felt, and um, and the person reported them. Could be they told them how they felt, and someone started to make fun of them and talked about them to others and started to gossip about some things that, woo, so-and-so is going through. Uh, we've become good society at just, how you doing? Oh, fine. When we're not. Now, I get it. I mean, if I go up to Brother Wiley every time and say, how you doing? Oh, man, let me tell you, it's just miserable. Then I won't go up to Brother Wiley and ask him how he's doing after a while. Uh, Not because um, I, well, yeah, because I don't want to (laughs) know. No, it's because uh, we we understand that if someone's doing that all the time, it's a, shouldn't be, you know, and um, truth is, a lot of people don't want to know, but I think we've become real good at just masking stuff, covering over, you know, I'm I'm fine, I'm miserable, 
um, and that's not a good, that's not necessarily a good place to be. A lot of people take their lives, and folks are like, can't believe they took their life because the person had so shut people off and so put on a face that um, that people just didn't know the great sorrow they were going through. But hurting people can sometimes mask their true feelings. And that's why if you're a Christian and you want to help people, you've got to be discerning. And we'll talk about that because there's some scriptures that give us uh, some proverbs that will give us some pointers in this matter. Um, but there's also the other side that someone who's hurting does need to be able to talk to someone about it. And we need to be people who are willing. Um, here's the truth. I, I would certainly hope if, if Brother Wiley said, it's been a rough week, that I'd have the discernment. I think I would. I, at least that, I, it wouldn't be too hard to know that because he doesn't, he wouldn't act like that often. To say, is there some way I can be a help? And just be sensitive to the fact that sometimes people who are really hurting, who really need help, are doing their best to hide it. We are creatures with emotion. We're told that in these verses. Do you realize that? We're creatures with emotion. While some are able to handle things better than others, we all have limitations about our ability to handle the pressures or unfulfilled hopes of life. And since we're all wired differently, some may be able to handle greater pressure, keep the heart from despair easier than others. But look, no one is exempt from a heavy heart. No one is exempt from a heavy heart. There's, I've never, never been discouraged. You know, David was a man after God's own heart. And he had to encourage himself in the Lord his God. He was cried till he had no more power to cry. Anyone that says, I, I've never had problems like that, either, either isn't human or just isn't being honest. We are human beings that have battles. And it's a wonderful blessing when you have a friend you can share them with. It's a blessing when you have a friend who will give you a good word, an encouraging word, and do what they can to help. There's some things you're going to need God for in the difficulties of life. There's hope. There's always hope. But let's be honest enough to say that people struggle. Everyone struggles at times. And we need God, and we need one another. And we shouldn't. Push, get push people away. We shouldn't put a mask on that covers up how we truly feel. Um, we need to get help when we start to do those things because that's when we get to dangerous places in life. Those are uh, that's the negative side. The merry heart comes next. All right, so I'll smile in a couple weeks. <clears throat> next week I'll be in Ecuador. I don't know if I'll be smiling or not. We'll see. By next Wednesday. Um, but two weeks from now, I will smile in the Wednesday night message because a merry heart does good like a medicine. And there are other proverbs that will help us and encourage us with that thought.
Father, I thank you for your, your word, and I thank you for helping us even in this, uh, in the downside, on the depressed side, on the discouraged side of the heart, that you teach us some things we need to know and help us to be discerning people and caring people and help us to understand that, um, that having these battles isn't always an indication of someone that has failed God or sinned, but that these battles need to be fought with God's help and with the help of fellow believers. And may we not shut people out, seek help, and may we look to you for the strength and help we need to deal with the depression and discouraging times of life, whatever they may be, fears, sorrows, anxieties, or whether it's just hope that hasn't come to pass. And may we be people who live victorious with your help. In Jesus' name, amen.